a lot of people think it's just, you know, the the hard work that goes into it, but a lot of it actually stems from the mindset and getting your mindset in the right place to be able to continue to endeavor and endure a lot of the hardships and challenges that you're going to face as a real estate investor, an entrepreneur, or whatever you're looking to get into. Are you looking to achieve massive success in your life without dealing with costly investment nightmares? If yes, then this is the podcast for you. Here, we provide engineers and busy professionals all the secrets and strategies to create multiple streams of income, build generational wealth, and live a meaningful life by design. Here's your host, Ted Patel. All right. Uh, welcome, Decoding Cashflow listeners. Today, we have a pleasure to bring to you Ellen Prague. She is a real estate investor and a co-founder of Bonavest Capital. Our focus is on investing in multifamily syndication, both active and passively. Uh, she has invested in multiple markets, different states across the U.S., and she is also a co-host on of the weekly podcast. How did they do it? And over there, they have uh, till now interviewed more than seven hundred real estate experts. So, welcome, Alan, to the show. Nice having you on here. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be on the show, Ted. All right. So let's uh, let's first of all, you know, uh, before we dig more into the real estate aspect, right? Let's, uh, if you can brief our listeners about your background, your story, you know, how, what, what inspired you to get into real estate? How did you get into real estate? Yeah. So for me, you know, I did the whole, my background is in uh, finance. And so I did the whole, you know, I went to go to school, get good grades, follow the traditional path of, you know, going to school, getting good grades, and then going off to get a stable career. You know, being in, being in my culture and with my family's immigrants from an Asian country, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on education and wanting to build a foundation. So one of the biggest things that I've taken away that I've grown up and I've always been instilled in me is, you know, always build up a strong foundation for yourself through education, because once you have your education, nobody can take that away from you. You always have that. So no matter what you fall, if you fall, you fail and endeavors, you always can fall back onto your education and go back to it and build yourself up from the ground up. And yeah. so that's kind of how, you know, I go through life and I think about everything is always build up that strong foundation. And so yeah. for me, even though I was in finance, got a good corporate job, worked my way up through the levels, you know, it didn't really click for me about creating wealth, passive income until I had a son of my own and started to have that family life where I realized how important time was for me and what I wanted to do with it and have that control over my own time freedom. And mm -hmm. so when I had my first son, it was challenging because I was working a corporate job. I'm still working my corporate job, right? My work yeah. W2. But at uh -huh. that time, it was hard because, you know, he was, I had to, after the maternity leave, I had to bring him into daycare. He was only three months old. And then we get a call from the daycare saying that he was sick and I was far away. I had to commute and I took a van pool. So I didn't have means to get to him quickly enough. And so it was challenging. And that's when I realized I don't have control over my time. And I wanted to be there for my son, be there for whenever he's sick, um, be able to choose that time for myself and be able to choose it and spend it how I want to spend it. So that kind of led the journey of looking for different ways to build up your wealth and to create more of that time freedom. And so we always knew real estate was a great place to do that. 
um, you know, we all know about single family investing. So that's how we first started with single family investing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, as we networked more and more with other people, we started to learn about real estate syndications and multifamily and how that you can join together and as a team purchase these large uh, apartment buildings. You never really think about that in the past before. And so as you're driving now, you start noticing all these apartments and you realize, oh, hey, it's other investors just like myself, my husband, regular people who are able to come together, partner up and purchase these large buildings together. And so we started to, we pivoted into multifamily syndications, um, educated ourselves through podcasts just like yours, and then learned and really dived deep into that world. And we invested passively first as an investors. And then to get our feet wet, understand, have a proof of concept. And that's when we decided, you know, we really like the space, wanted to also start our own podcast, um, did networking through that, and just eventually grew um, to where we are today. Awesome. Uh, that That's a great journey. And uh, as you said, right, there was a one pivot moment in your life, right, when your son was sick, uh, and you felt like you didn't have enough time to take care of him, right? As uh, uh, Tony Robbins says, the pattern needs to be interrupted at some point. And that was maybe your in the in, uh, uh, the time when your pattern got interrupted, and you started looking for more venues to create a passive income, so you can have more time, freedom, and uh, many others, right? Uh, that was your pivot moment. Like uh, there are many other people who might have similar moments, like you know, lose their job. So you know, uh, they have the W two job, they lose their job, then they f- try to figure out what is the backup for me. I hope I had some passive income on the side, uh, you know, to run all my financials. But yeah. Uh, uh, there are, there are many ways, as you said, right, to, to generate the five passive income. One of them, uh, multifamily. Uh, there are other aspects, uh, commercial, uh, real estates, maybe, you know, invest in storage units, uh, 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 strip malls. Uh, there are many other avenues. And uh, you are mainly f- focused on multifamilies, as you mentioned, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh and you started with uh, investing in uh, single families and then pivoted to uh, started investing passively in multifamilies, learn how it works, uh, and then actively participated with all the different partners, uh, uh, put a joint venture or syndication together and help investors invest their money and get a good return. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So oh, what, what are the different markets you focus on, uh, Eileen? So, so far, we've been focusing a lot on the Las Vegas markets and then in the Carolinas and like mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte area, Winston-Salem. And then now we're looking into a little bit of Texas. We haven't done anything in Texas yet, but we're looking in those markets. But primarily, our, our the main deals that we've done so far has a lot been in, uh, in the Las Vegas area. Las Vegas. Uh, that's closer to you? Yes. It's only a... Four-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive on a good day. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe that's why you're more interested in the areas. Uh, but, you know, opportunities, as you said, right? In North Carolina is also, uh, there are good opportunities coming up. Uh, Texas, yeah, it's pretty crowded, right? A lot of investors just trying to be in the same market, trying to maybe uh, bid up the price, uh, 
But yeah, uh, we have also started, uh, you know, looking into different markets or so maybe rust belt areas, uh, Kansas uh, City. I'm not sure if you explored that, but um, that's uh, and Carolinas. We 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 started investing in Carolinas too. So yes, you you are of course in the go investing in a really good markets. So I hope uh, yeah. it uh, it has a it it has it will have a, a really good growth potential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, while while you while you select your partners, right? Any any specific criteria you keep in mind, like you know, uh, these are these are the checklists, like these are the things I want to make sure before I tie up with them. Yes, I think so. The checklist has evolved over time, right? When you're still early on in the in your path of real estate investing, you're just looking for ways to connect and learn and just grow as fast as possible with everybody. And so the partnerships and what you're looking for is a little bit different. And as you start to evolve and grow a little bit more, you kind of realize that you have to be more particular about partnerships and who you're working yes. with. Yes. And then we kind of learn that through experience as we're meeting different people. I mean, the connection is really great. You know, they're fantastic people, but the work ethic is a little bit different. Their goals and their values are a little bit different, not really aligned to what you're trying to accomplish. Communication yeah. style is a big key um, on how people communicate, the frequency of it. We like mm -hmm. to be more, we like to be over communicated to. And so that's one of the things that we really look forward in like partners now. It's yeah. someone who has, you know, a lot of transparency with us. The communication is key and mm -hmm. their values just align with us in terms of um, being open and, and honest and straightforward. And so those are the types of things now that's like solidified and it's more challenging to find those partners that fit that criteria because it's yeah. more defined now. And, um, you know, and the, of course the, the interpersonal relationship and the, and the, and the, uh, feelings that you get that as you're talking to the person, is there that initial connection? Are you able to feel comfortable with them to so just pick up the phone call and call them? That has yeah. to be there as well. Yeah. That, that shouldn't mean no barriers, you know, uh, between you, your partner, it should be very transparent. Uh, whenever, as you said, right, uh, whenever you want anything to ask or you know tell, you should be comfortable talking to them right away. Right. And, and uh, yep, go ahead. Oh no! And the other last thing I wanted to say too was the partnership has to feel like on equal footing, where you're adding value to it, and the partner is mm -hmm. also adding the same amount of value, and so together you're able to accomplish something bigger together. And so when you're having an uneven balance, it makes you know a little bit challenging to work together as well. So you want to be able to bring value, and they should also be able to bring value as well. Absolutely. So maybe if you are if you are managing the investors' relationship. Make sure the others should balance out with the asset management or operationals, acquisitions. So yes, of course, it it needs to be balanced out uh, on all fronts. Any any specific you have you have been in real estate investment for a while, right? Any mistakes or any I would say situation that you encountered, which you like to describe and you know to our listeners and maybe ask them to. Be cautious about those kind of uh, situations or mistake in the in the future for them. Yeah, I would say on the same lines with partnerships is as yeah. you're getting to partnerships, make sure you're getting in the right partnerships because those can make or break deals. So I can give an example on you know we took on a 
project, a master lease option where we are leasing out an entire property out from another uh, an owner because we were trying to do some creative financing. Um, the rates had increased. And so the price that we were offering at that time didn't make sense anymore, but the seller still wanted to work with us and our group. And so it was challenging and we were trying to figure out an even ground. So we came up with the master lease solution. Um, but when we took on that project, we realized as we took it over and started operating it and, and running that property that it was a big challenge because initially there was a lot of um, mismatched books. There was a lot of other legal issues that were going on. We found accounting things. Um, you know, some of the tenants had band together and found out that we were, you know, we have there's another owner or like another uh, operator trying to work those properties. And so we faced a lot of challenges, but because we had a strong partner who was able to work together with us to overcome these challenges, we've been successful in overturning a lot of those issues where mm. now, you know, the property is much more clean. We've gotten good tenants. We've overturned a lot of the negativity. Um, it used to be a place where there was a lot of um you know, like drugs and violence and things like that, yeah. even though it was like down the street from the police station, there was still a yeah. lot of that going on. But because we've cleaned out a lot of that now due to our partnerships, we were able to, you know, see a lot of that successes. And if you didn't have a strong partnership or if you didn't have people who knew what they were doing, that deal could have easily gone south because we didn't take any investors. All that money that we put in has been our own money. And so there was a lot of things that we were counting on and making sure that, um, you know, that we were doing the right things and the right steps to be able to, to overturn the property, renovate it, bring it back up to uh, full potential. And so, you know, working together is really important. And, you know, we could have lost a ton of money if we weren't able to get all those and work those issues out. So it's the it's the experience of the partner that helped you overcome all the situation because he has been gone through maybe you know these kind of situations before, and right. uh, yeah. And similarly, like uh, in any of the any of the deals, like uh, if uh, if you're starting new or maybe if, you know it's better to tie up with someone who is really experienced. Uh, um, you can leverage their experience, their knowledge, uh, and uh, you know. Uh, they'll help you, uh, uh, you know, uh, get you through all the different situations or difficult situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Because especially yeah. as a new person coming in, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And so having that experienced partner to kind of guide you and help you avoid a lot of those mistakes yes. could help you a lot avoid a lot of costly mistakes, financial yeah. situations that, you know, you could have avoided just by having or asking somebody who's done it, who's been there, who's faced these types of challenges. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's what I would recommend. You know, any new real estate investors who wants to start in real estate, they are sitting on the side. Just, you know, if 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 you don't have, if you if you are just, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines, waiting to pull the trigger and afraid of pulling the trigger, just partner with someone. Just, you know, Take take uh, leverage their experience, and in in the in the meanwhile, you will also gain some experience, and then maybe you can, uh, you know, uh, start your own venture or stay partner, uh, continue the partnership. Uh, but yes, uh, just take action in in short, you know, regardless of uh, you know you want to partner, not partner, that's a different thing. But uh, take action and uh, leverage the experience from the network or the people around you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, uh, any specific uh, segment, like in multifamilies, right? Uh, do you focus mainly on class A, B, C? What, what kind of properties do you focus on? So we've primarily focused on the class C properties and B areas. And so those are maybe, the ones. Maybe when, when you said there was uh, uh, all the drugs and stuff and mm-hmm. on the property, just which <laughs> I thought it yes. might be class C area. <laughs> yes. Some of, some of them have been class C areas for sure. Um, you know, on the border, the cusps and things like that. And so, you know, um, so we focus a lot on the value add types of properties. But of course, those value adds those do come with a lot of challenges. Challenges, yeah. and if you're not well equipped to handle those types of properties, um, you know it could yeah. go sideways very quickly. But yeah. that's where we that's where we focus on. Yeah, as you said, like there is a lot of value add. There is more upside in Class C if you know how to manage it properly, right? Yeah, right. All righty. And um, like recently, what what do you, what do you think about the current market situation? Like uh, with all the interest rate has gone up, uh, do you see any good deals coming in, flowing in? Are you still underwriting? Just if you can tell us, our listeners, you know what what do you think about the current market situation? Sure. So it's definitely been more challenging in terms of deal flow and and seeing all that deal flow that we were seeing. You know years prior um what we're seeing now is it's a little bit a little bit slower however yeah. sellers now are more susceptible to negotiations and open to conversations on the different valuations of their properties um mm-hmm. so even though the deal flow itself has been a little more challenging you know there's more negotiations involved now with the sellers and we're able to kind of bring that value down to what is a little bit more realistic in order to meet those returns that we're projecting. Um, So when you're underwriting and you're looking at these deals, you have to add more scrutiny to it. You have to add more checks and balances, making sure you have the right amount of reserves in place, um, that you're not overpaying for properties. Uh, because I think in the past you were able to, you know, offer quite high because the market was generous in that sense where you could just quickly turn them over and, you know, the, the market was able to accommodate that increase, but then now it's much more challenging to do it. And so it's been it's been more challenging. However, you know there are deals to be found if you're patient and you're looking to do maybe those deals that other people might not be interested in doing just because there's so much more effort that's involved into doing it. Um, so you have to look under almost every rock, uh, pretty much. And I'll yeah. share I'll share this one deal that we had just recently closed. We've been working on this one with the seller for a little over a year. Uh, at this well, point, that, that's on a quite being extended to- time. Yes, to be able to close it. And so, I mean, there are deals to be made. It's just taking time. You just got to add more scrutiny to it. Yeah. And try try to find more uh, strategies or avenues where you can do a value add, right? Everyone does the regular value add and uh, underwrite the deals. But now it's the time when you can found, you you need to find something extra uh, to take into account. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, any any specific uh, advice that you would like to give to our listeners, like uh, on real estate investments? Anything? I think the biggest advice that I would give is 
don't be afraid to walk away from deals <laughs> because yeah, yeah. there are a lot of deals to be made, but they not they might not necessarily be the right types of deals. And so it might look good initially and you get emotionally attached to it, but you need to make sure that the numbers make sense, that the business plan makes sense. And if it doesn't, even if you're well into it, you need to know when to walk away um, because yep. it could prevent a lot of hardships and difficulties and um, other things later on. And you can avoid all those challenges um, and mistakes if you were to just have walked away in the beginning. Well, that, that's absolutely true. Don't get emotionally attached. Uh, just go by the numbers. Numbers does, you know, tell the story, everything. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you, uh, you don't want your, in your, as well as your investors money uh, at risk. So it's better uh, to walk away uh, if you if uh, if uh, the numbers doesn't make sense. Yeah. So uh, uh, just uh, we are almost uh, on time. Uh, maybe Eileen, um, let's go through is before we go through the final round of questions i just wanted to open up a floor for you uh, anything that you would like to tell our listeners uh, uh about your real estate journey so if they are looking to get started or if there's something holding them back you know you have to get past a lot of your limiting beliefs it has a lot of it has to, a lot of people think it's just, you know, the the hard work that goes into it. But a lot of it actually stems from the mindset and getting your mindset in the right place to be able to continue to endeavor and endure a lot of the hardships and challenges that you're going to face as a real estate investor, an entrepreneur or whatever you're looking to get into. Um, so if you're able to season your mind and get your mindset right, it really will serve you a lot more in the future. Yep. Um that that's uh that's that's very true you know it's all about what whatever you think that's what you're gonna see like for example when you type in the google tell me good things about real estate you're gonna see good things about real estate tell me some bad things you're gonna see bad things about real estate. it's like if what whatever you think how you think it goes in the subconscious mind it gives a positive or negative waves accordingly Right. So instead of asking a question, uh, telling yourself, I can't do it, just ask how you can do it. And there are you, the avenues will open up for you. It's all about, you know, uh, getting your mindset straightened up. Right. Yeah. All right. Helene, uh, 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 ready for the final round of questions? Uh, again, skipping in account the time, uh, we're almost there. So. Uh, all right. So the first one, what is the one book that you will recommend to your listeners and that had the most impact in your life? It has to be the Who Not How book by Dan Sullivan, because mm -hmm. it it shifts the way that you think a little bit because it takes you from asking yourself, how can I get this done? Because then it puts the 
pressure on you to try to figure out a strategy and a solution, but you might not have all the answers. Now it puts the question on who can help you get there because now it's like, who are the resources that I can leverage to help me get to my goals or what I'm trying to accomplish much quicker? And so by asking that question, who can help me instead of how, it, it really changed the way I thought about, um, you know, business and, and how I approach things. Okay. And uh, the other question was, what is the best business or investment advice that you'll offer? But we already talked about it, but uh, is there any additional you want to offer or maybe we can skip that and go to the next question? Yes. Uh, so I guess uh, to kind of add on to that a little bit, it's, um, okay. you know, get your foundation, your education base and study and make sure you do the due diligence aspect of it. But then at the same time, you need to apply that knowledge that you've taken away because knowledge without application is just kind of yeah. goes to waste in a sense because you're not moving the needle forward. So you need to yeah. apply that knowledge that you've gained. Yeah. Take action. Yes. Yep. Take action. Yeah. And what is the one way you like to give back to the world? So for me, I would like to think that the podcast that I put together, similar to yours, is giving back because we put an educational platform out there. So we share stories about other people and how they've been able to build up their wealth within real estate. And hopefully other people can take that and apply it to their same their situation and their lives as well and grow um, their own wealth and help them achieve their goals and where they want to be. All right. Uh, the final question, Eileen. How can Decoding Cashflow listeners get in touch with you? So they can uh, email me directly at Eileen, A-I-L-E-E-N at bonavistcapital.com. Um, or if they want a past investor due diligence checklist, they can just go to our website, bonavistcapital.com forward slash checklist, and they can download that checklist for them to use um, on questions on how to evaluate and look at um, multifamily investments as a passive investor. All right. Great. All right, Eileen, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining and giving uh, uh, your background story advice to our listeners. It will be helpful to whoever is listening to the show. Thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much, Ted. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Decoding Cashflow, brought to you by Aster Capital. If you found value in this episode, then please share it with someone who you think could benefit from it and make sure to act on what you've learned. If you want Ted Patel to personally help you reach your goals, then feel free to set up a one-on-one -on -one call with him. Also, visit us at astercapital.com for more free resources. Content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. As always, please consult your own advisor before making any investment decisions or setting a course of action. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Decoding Cashflow, and we'll catch you in the next episode.